1: Your hosts, Good Night Punk, and Wind Killer Inc. We would be honored if you would join
2: Beloved, we are gathered here today to mourn the death of Goodnight Punk and Wink's March Madness brackets. On Thursday, March 16th, Wink's Homer bracket died as the Sooners, whose season has been on life support for months, continued their downward spiral into oblivion. Later that afternoon, the healthy looking Arizona Wildcats collapsed into a fleshy heap, wrecking the souls of many bracket enthusiasts. May the bracket gods be with you.
0: <laughs>
1: Dan, how's Hello, it going? Hello and welcome to the 89th episode of the Shattered Order Podcast. We are here in memento of our favorite March Madness teams who decided to crap the bed in the most magnificent of fashions yesterday. So yes. we, uh, we are going to distract ourselves with Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes because... <laughs> It's all we got now. That's it's literally all we got now. I mean Arizona state couldn't even win their play-in game. Arizona or Grand Canyon couldn't win their conference championship to get into the tournament. Arizona got beat by Buffalo. Oklahoma first game of the day
2: gone. I mean it's just sad. It's sad. It's uh And here it's it's been crazy. It's this is one of the weirder uh, March Madnesses that I can recall so far and uh, you know crazy and apparently uh, who who was it that just went down uh, UVA a yeah, 16 so seed 16
1: seed took down a number one seed and you know what's funny about that my wife's mascot bracket she picked them to win. But I told her I'm like with all these upsets you already have based on mascots, <laughs> you might want to just pick the Cavaliers just because <laughs> so you have at least at least half of your ones make it out of the first round. So the one that she picked that actually won first time ever is now advancing and her bracket is completely screwed. Wow. Actually, it's not completely screwed cuz she had Arizona beating Vir- well i guess arizona lost so i guess it's still screwed <laughs> she went out of them losing in the third round but whatever yeah it's... i feel bad that i made her second guess her decision she really liked those uh those uh dogs whatever the their mascot is
2: nice shame on you dan you know, shame on you i, I try
1: to help her out sometimes it's just that did not work this time yeah who would have who would have thought
2: that's no kidding. So. I mean, completely unexpected. I mean, nobody saw this coming. So, you know what? What <laughs> can you do? Uh, yeah. why, why don't we talk about something that might be a little bit more exciting to us and still sports related? Uh, the NFL free agency—it's finally here. Heck yeah, dude! I love free agency.
1: Yeah, tell you that much. Right like, now,
2: it's 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 the best time of the off season. It's always <laughs> exciting. <laughs>
1: All I heard what you just say was, and it made me think of Christmas. All I heard was, "It's the most wonderful time of the year." <laughs> it, it that's kind all it is. Yeah, what you said was said in that like tune in my head.
2: <laughs> that's probably what <laughs> it was I was sh- pretty funny. Yeah, that's probably what I should have just said. But you know, whatever.
1: It's the um, most exciting time of, of the, NFL the year. Season. <laughs> Perfect. All right,
2: so uh, what are your lines?
1: I just want to, I do want to make a shout out real quick. All right, um, before we move on, just going back to the brackets because right now, almost at the end of two days, Mad Hatter twenty is Mad Hatter twenty and Couch are winning the bracket pool with two hundred fifty points. Right behind wow. him is ASC LTR three. With uh 240, and then it just keeps going down from there. So,
2: and congrats, so,
1: guys! You're lo- you're looking good right now.
2: If you're not on our Discord, you probably don't know about this, but uh, our April giveaway for uh Blue Designs will actually be the winner of the bracket challenge in our little group. So, whoever wins, you'll get your choice of the Lola headphones or a Blue Yeti mic. It, you know. Might as well go ahead and talk about our good friends over at Blue. How are you liking these mic stands?
1: I'm loving this thing, man. I literally, like the old one I had, I had to set it up every single time, get it where I wanted it, to, yep. just to move it away out of the way. But this thing swings. I can swing it out of the way when I'm not using it, when I'm using my computer. Swing it right back in, right into position. Uh, no cords. The cords are inside the thing, so it it's just amazing
2: i love it i love it i i completely agree it is it's beautiful to look at it actually works really well it doesn't fall over the length of the podcast like i mean it really stays in place it is it it is a really impressive microphone stand and if you need one make sure you head over to bluedesigns.com and go grab yourself a compass which is what their mic stands are called and you know, use that promo code SOPOD and go get yourself 20% off.
1: Yep, use it. Got some great stuff there. We'll come back. Before trivia, we'll come back to Football Free Agency and, and give some thoughts there. I don't want to skip over that. I know it's important to some people. That's a good idea, yeah. Also important to some people is Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which what is what we come here to talk about. So, just for you, Elton... We're going to go right into Star Wars and get things rolling. I know you're, you're excited for what we have to say, so we're going to give that to you. And there's an important
2: right. question that we ask every single week, and that is? Hey,
0: guys, what did you do in Swoga
1: this week? You know, I thought, the, I thought you were about to play a sound. I thought you finally made a sounder for what are you drinking this week. I was like, Ooh. oh, wow. Ooh, Interesting. That's a good idea. All right.
2: That's a good idea. Hmm.
1: Yeah, the, uh, well, to answer that question, let me show you real quick what I'm drinking. Yep, ah. that's it right there. Yeah, That's not vodka. That's not tequila. That is water. Because last night I decided to go all in on a six pack in about three hours and uh, felt like utter crap all Uh-oh. day today. That ain't so, good. I didn't feel like drinking beer today, so water it is for me.
2: What about you? Uh, water for me as well. Uh, so last week uh, we ended up rescheduling my tattoo appointment because it was super. It was scheduled for kind of late, and we're we weren't sure we we're gonna be able to get it done. So we scheduled it for all day tomorrow just to make sure that actually get the damn thing done this time and uh yeah so i am once again drinking water
1: <laughs> Gotcha Well i'm at one week not two so i feel okay about that so
2: That yeah, that's we'll good there. I'll make up for you it You keep next getting week. I'll make up for it. I... Just wait. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ringer has a good point. This week's episode is a little watered down.
1: <laughs> I don't know. literally any moment we could say something inappropriate and then it'll all go downhill. So,
2: Oh yeah, you can, uh, yeah, you can actually, you can bet your
1: ass on that.
2: Yep. All right. So let's talk about what we did this week. Uh, first we'll talk with the shattered order. What we did. Uh, we failed our heroic Sith raid attempt. um, I think we got to phase four, and we just kind of ran out of time. Uh, We didn't get through the first two phases fast enough to really have a good, uh, to have a really good chance at, you know, even testing phase four, which was a little unfortunate, but uh, I think we learned a lot about phase one, two, and uh, primarily phase one and two, and Kind of got some good strategies, things that might work. Learned a lot more about our RJT teams, because it's definitely a little bit different in Heroic than it is Tier 6. Huge difference as far as how easy it is to make the team work and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. And the other thing we did was unlock Imperial Probe Droid.
1: We did. Got a lot of shards this week. It was nice. I mean, last time it was, uh, what, 48, I think? And this time it was sixty six so uh, we're working our yep. way to working our way to the hundred, just the same way Rollo was so pretty good, I think I'm so what we're like halfway to six star working there
2: so uh yeah yep we are we are getting there um
1: <laughs> I would love to gear him right now, but i have we'll get when we get to my section we'll talk about why I'm not doing that
2: awesome. But, well, uh, I'll go ahead and tell everyone what I've done this week. So, I finished your other boy, Gamorian Guard. Got him to 7-star. Uh, I was farming him before, and I was like 15 shards away, and I see him pop up. I was like, ah, I might as well finish him off. Because uh, I, you know, I was you know, buying him before the store re- rework.
1: The way you wrote it in the notes um, seemed like a much bigger achievement than what you just <laughs> told me. Because, because I assumed GG meant... You finished General Grievous. And I'm like, wow, dude, that's impressive. And then you started actually talking and said Gamorian Guard. And I'm like, oh, I'll adjust that in the notes. That's a thing that happened. I mean, he's a a guy. My gear 11 one, I enjoy using him. Except, see, the main thing I wanted to use him for was to get rid of using another empire in my Vader Wampa team in Dark Side territory battles. So then I was going to, you know, I threw Gomorian Guard in there to add more dots throughout the fight. But the problem is, so many people stun in Dark Side Territory Battles.
0: That's true. That
1: every time he's taunting, it, he gets maybe two or three uh, counters off before he's just stunned and just standing there like a, a yeah. fat
2: pig. Yeah. Well.
1: I still like him, though. Yeah. I like the dude. But, oh, so, sidetrack. Let's okay. sidetrack here for a All moment. Right. We were talking about this in the raid um, the raid info dump on Discord, right? So instant way to make Gamorian Guard a character that everyone uses. Ah, yes. Okay. You ready for this? Easy. They so his second special when he comes out and swings his meat cleaver or whatever he's doing <laughs> uh, just Adds an expose. I mean, it's a pretty decent move. The problem is, it's the move he does before he taunts, so it, it's what makes him useless. But the idea was so Gamorian captain in the Rancor raid throws Death Mark out. Right? Mm-hmm. You could instantly make Gamorian guard a better character if his second special, instead of expose, did a Death Mark. It's already got a high cooldown. Throw a Death Mark on it. He's already going. He's going to instantly be used everywhere. And I feel if they made the taunt in front of that, like I've said since he came out, he would be an amazing character, especially adding that onto his kit. So just a side note, I think if you put a death mark on Gamorrean Guard like Gamorrean Captain has in the heroic pit, it would make a lot more viable teams in this Sith raid and make a lot of, make him a lot more fun.
2: Yeah, definitely. It would but, actually make him usable and worth having to some degree. Uh, I mean, obviously Deathmark is unbelievable in the raids, so mm-hmm. having another Deathmark would be obviously amazing. Uh, so, other things I did this week. I was actually going to talk about this last week, and I kind of forgot, but uh, General Kenobi, I put the final piece of gear on him, and it's that piece that gives him sp- uh, I believe it's plus 60 armor. And you know, his final piece, so he's 100% max now, which is super exciting. However, what his defense did just by that armor gain, I was really impressed. I didn't expect it to climb this much. His armor before adding that one single piece was 38.79%, and it jumped all mm-hmm. the way to 42.12%. That's a 3.5% gain, basically, uh, just by changing that one piece. I was pretty thrilled with that, and I mean, that's it. It's been a pretty noticeable difference as well. I mean, that's it's not that's nothing to scoff at by any stretch. So yeah, those yeah uh, for sure. So some of those geared pieces make a big difference. And oh, I agree. I, I recently got a health box, and I'm trying to decide if I want to stick it on Han. Ooh. What happened to my voice right there? Han or uh, First Order TIE Pilot. First Order TIE Pilot would obviously help me more in ships. But Han, I use in so many places. And him having like an extra 6,000 health, because he has the health steal would be huge. So, I'm trying to decide what I am going to do with that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so... I also have a new arena team this week. Uh, I've just... It's been clustery hell trying to figure out what I'm going to run. Arena's been rough lately. Primarily because I've been moving so many mods around because of the new Sith Raid. But uh, last night I actually stuck in a team and I totally forgot about it until I went to do arena (laughs) today and realized that, you know, I left a pretty good team in apparently. I didn't drop near as far as I had been. I dropped... I mean, I was dropping into the 40s, and instead I dropped to 24, so I was pretty stoked about that, but it is Ray Jedi training lead with BB-8, R2-D2, General Kenobi, and Hermit Yoda, so that is actually quite nice, and I have that second Zeta on him now, so if General Kenobi gets taken out, because General Kenobi is usually the first person he gives Grandmasters training to, you know, Hermit Yoda resets his cooldowns, and... Gains 100% turn meter and then can instantly apply it to someone else. So that has actually been working really well. And it's great against Night Sister because of the heal. Does really well against Empire because of the heal. It does, you know... It, it does really well against everything that I've been fighting in my, in my arena. So that that is a lot of fun. Uh, I also learned how to make my troopers work. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um... I am working on getting Resistance Trooper to gear 12. He's really close. I'm only a couple pieces away by next week. I'll have him there. And s-
1: Hold on. So, by troopers, you meant Imperial Troopers, right? Because you went right into Resistance Troopers. I just wanted to make sure.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, yes, I meant Imperial Two separate troopers. things here. Two completely separate okay. things, indeed. And then, speaking of gear... On my quest to start gearing Resistance Trooper, there was some gear I needed, and I was like, I started looking around, and I'm like, huh, where am I going to get this from? And I was like, you know, there's not really a great way to figure out where I should buy gear. So I decided to start building a gear guide, and I am currently working on building a gear buying guide. I sent you a current copy of it uh, through Discord. Did you look at it by chance?
1: Um, I didn't because I think you sent it to me while we were getting ready for the podcast.
2: Yeah, I did. So yeah. that's so why I, I didn't seen think it, you yeah. check it out. Yeah. Uh, so I am working on that. I am kind of just doing the prices and comparing things, and basically once it's done, you know, it'll have, uh, you know, like. In green, the spots where you should buy certain gear. And then in red, places where you should avoid buying certain gear and stuff. I think it's actually going to be pretty useful whenever it gets done. I'm hoping to have it complete this week. You can obviously check us out on Twitter or on Discord. uh, You know, Shattered Order on Twitter or Discord.me slash Shattered Order. And that's where I'll be announcing whenever I actually get it posted on the website. Or you can just check ShatteredOrder.com. But yeah, that that has pretty much been my week in swaga
1: on related in uh in relation to this awesome guild or gear buying guide jeez that's hard to say yeah right um that you're going to be making here's my big tip all right mm. you ready for this mm. don't buy a freaking mark 4 uh <laughs> stun gun
2: they're, that they're is more true.
1: expensive than the Mark V, and you have thousands of them, and it's something that I did mm. last week, again. Not good. Drive me freaking crazy. So, uh, yeah, make sure you're looking at the number, because it really, really sucks. I didn't even use it. It's still sitting there. I have it. Never been used. Just a 1400 crystal stun gun in my inventory. Loving it, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And I still don't have all the the I still don't have all the uh, salvage for the Mark V that I was trying to buy. So that's still been going on. Jeez. I kind of gave up on that. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> whatever, whatever. I, you know what? We'll move on to what I'm doing this week now, and who really deserves my gear. All oh, right, God. and that <laughs> that is oh. Mr. I know, I know. I, I'm with you. This is was, I was against this forever, but uh, it didn't take much to convert me simply for the fact that I like to gear characters that no one else gears. So like Gaborian guard, but uh, yeah, and that's POW because Holy crap. We'll talk about this later.
2: That was like the best POW sound I had. I was, <laughs> I was, <laughs> it was trying almost to
1: help. right on time too. That was yeah. good. But the, uh, yeah. So with the, this new, Chex Mix team, as it's called, uh, by our good friend McMole. Um, Pow! Surprise! He found a he found a use for Pow in the new raid, and somehow actually convinced me that that use is better than everyone else. So mm. I'm actually impressed Sketchy. with that. So yeah, well, we'll get to that and we'll talk about it, and I'll explain why he definitely is one of the better choices. But I'm gearing POW now. I never thought I would. It was annoying because I had to fix my favorites because literally gear one, level one POW was in my favorites so that every time I registered for a raid, I could just pick him and toss him in. But uh, yeah, I had to pick someone else. So Interesting. uh, Jedi Knight Guardian, you're my new register character. But (laughs) I am gearing POW. So we'll see how far that how long that takes and how hard he is to gear. I don't I don't even know. So we will see. But uh other than that, I did actually and I know people are going to love me talking about this, but uh I did actually throw some gear 12 pieces onto a character for the first time ever. I got tired of seeing the green things there. I don't know who else I would give them to and I know that they're going to add a bunch of damage. So I added some gear 12 pieces to Wampa. For the first time, adding gear 12 pieces to anyone, and uh, he is still a beast. He's just more of a beast now, so it's pretty awesome. Um, Other than that, I have just been uh, um, trying to relax this week. Um, Yeah, just uh, been an interesting week for me. So, Trying to relax, get my dailies in, and uh, spend some time with the people I care about.
2: So there's that. Interesting week indeed. Yep.
1: Um. Yeah, so <laughs> we said this, that last week was the week of the hot fix. I don't even, I I, I mean, i surprised that they were able to outdo themselves the very next week.
2: Yeah, right? we should relabel this week two of hot fix.
1: Yeah, so, so I don't know if you want to hit the sounder or not. Of but, course I do. Uh, what
2: kind of question is that?
1: I don't know. I just didn't know.
2: Strong with
1: us, this update is Young Padawans. Alright, so, first up, something that I kind of want to get into. Um, these aren't in any order, specifically by the date. If we wanted to go day by day, we could pick each day's hotfix and talk about it. But uh, the first one I want to talk about is territory war matchmaking because last week we got into this topic oh um, did we we got we got set up we got set up for failure massively last no week doubt about it and uh I, I supposedly it is now fixed they gave out 500 uh, crystals to everyone to say sorry that it was broken um i could have used an extra zeta mat that we might have gotten from winning
2: you know well, wh- five hundred crystals, I guess. Which would you rather have, one Zeta mat or five hundred crystals?
1: Both. Well,
2: sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you're if you're gonna let me have my choice, yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm
1: okay. You know, five hundred crystals is more crystals than we would have got for winning. So That's there's true. that. But then, but then you all everything else we didn't even have a shot of winning, is kind of annoying. But whatever right so um i got this i got these uh pulled up here let me open this up here or maybe not what is going on with you safari has a hell of a time opening links drives me nuts no no not a google search got right there in the address bar okay there we go all right all right so This is from the 16th, which is today. So, thank you for coming. Thank you, coming to your inbox. Territory Wars matchmaking system has been improved with the dedication and feedback of many players and guilds game-wide. We're saying thank you by distributing 500 crystals to every player's inbox. So, this isn't a fix to last week, because apparently it wasn't broken. This is another improvement to the way they do it based on feedback. So... At least it only took a week for them to figure out that nobody liked impossible battles. So that's nice. But they did put in a matchmaking clarification post, which has some questions or QA stuff and kind of an idea of how they find your uh, opponent. So I want to reserve judgment on this until our next Territory War because I'm really not sure how any of this works and if it's really going to Go back to similarly how it was last time, or how close it will be to the one we didn't like. So, let me go into that uh, real fast here. Where are you at? Where is this post?
2: There it is. There it is. Alright. That was about to All start right, I got Jeopardy it. music.
1: <laughs> Details. We have made some improvements to the matchmaking system in this week's server update, starting with this weekend's Territory War. So it's coming this weekend. We will find out what's new here. You should be seeing results closer to the original da-da-da. Wow, I almost couldn't say design. (laughs) Original design intent. In order to help you understand that intent, here are some additional details about the system. This is the stuff that starts getting confusing to me. So I'm going to say it, and then uh, if you understand it, you can convince me or tell me what it means. Because it's kind of weird. Okay. All right. Matchmaking seeks to create the most fair matchups with two primary goals in mind. The squad power of partic- participating individuals in each guild should be near the same average power. The strongest possible squads of both participating guilds should be near the same average power. To achieve this, matchmaking uses multiple parameters. <laughs> Let me scroll down here. As a primary consideration, matchmaking identifies the strongest characters and ships expected to be used by each participant in the Territory War and assigns a value to each roster. Then it looks for the single strongest squads and compares them to each other. Matchmaking then aggregates these criteria for the guild and finds an opponent that is most similar. Comparing galactic power, active galactic power, and number of participants can be misleading. That's the part I don't like of what they said. Why? Said, oh, just don't look at combined galactic power and all this other stuff. Trust us with our maths, and uh, if you if you're fighting someone thirty million above you, we have maths that say it's fair.
2: No, that's that's. I don't think that's what they're saying. I I think what they're saying is strictly com like that last statement. Comparing Guild Galactic Power, Active GP, or the number of participants can be misleading. Which it absolutely can, because not every 2.5 million roster is the same as another 2.5 million roster. You know, somebody that has it all characters, like legendary characters, and you know, if it's all made up of, say, meta teams versus somebody that has a lot of GP that comes from... Cup and Ugnaught and, you know, shithole characters like that. I mean, it kind of, you know, it, it definitely alters things. And I kind of think that's more what they're referring to. Which is probably that makes- why they have their uh, squad, their thing that looks at actual squad buildup rather than, you know, just total galactic power, which makes sense.
1: But to me, the squad buildup is basically, these are your top five... Most powerful tunes, that's your top squad. Just like
2: uh, Galactic
1: Galactic no. used to do. No, no, you no. think they're literally looking at every single person's roster, picking out teams and making them you, you So To me that makes it no sense. They're not well, gonna I doubt there's a way for it to go in and be like and without any type of quickness to it or any of that to make a matchmaking thing within an hour that I doubt they're going in and saying, okay, this this guy's roster has RJT, BB-8, R2-D2, Holdo, and General Kenobi, so that we're going to set that their strongest squad, and then it moves to the next one or whatever. It, to me, this math has to be looking at the top five strongest people on your roster yeah, and I calling that your squad.
2: I, I don't agree with you. I mean, it's they how
1: would they do any okay have you coded i'm just curious how would they do this
2: i mean they pull data of teams pretty easily go look at uh Swagaga. you can go and look at most common teams in arena you know most common leaders most commonly used characters like they pull that data pretty easily i mean it wouldn't be all that difficult to just pull that guild by guild and then, you know, compare it to others or yeah, in theory.
1: Okay, well, it, it might be possible, but as far as matchmaking goes to try to fill the entire game with matches for Territory Wars, if they were to do that in depth on every single roster, on every single guild throughout the entire game, I don't even know how, I don't know, it just seems...
2: Well, I mean... What I'm assuming is they kind of have a database of these things because nobody's roster changes drastically overnight other than, like, say, just now uh, the Rage J training event's back. A lot of people's roster's going to change. But other than that, day by day, no one's roster really changes all that much. So if you have a database of all these things, it's pretty easy just kind of to look at the database and say, hey, this guild has this, this guild has that. And I'll say, whatever they were doing before the mix-up you know, before that update that screwed everything, seemed to work really well because, or, or at least for our guild, we were always in matches that were really close. They were always pretty competitive. It uh, that, that generally came down to the wire. So I feel like they know how to make a pretty good match making system for Territory Wars. Just something in that update messed it up.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just tough to to think how how in-depth and technical this system must be for them to do all of that. So, yeah, I don't know. But that's what they're saying it is there. And, let's see, rewards are determined solely on Active GP of the participants. Active GP refers to the total guild, galactic power of the guild, at the time that each person has joined the Territory War. Galactic power is locked at that point to ensure that matchmaking is calculated off a fixed number and can't be drastically changed over the course of the territory war, as we already know. Finally, to promote a variety of opponents, we seek to avoid matching with recently fought opponents. However, this can still happen if opponents meet the above, meaning the above criteria is sparse. That, to me, is for the higher end guilds, or at the very top of the GP list, because they're going to find harder matches. The- and I'm sorry that there's a smaller pool for you to pick from, but pulling out of the lower brackets and fighting them makes no sense to me. So, unless I'm getting unless I'm getting a, here's the way it should go. If they were to keep doing this 30 million disparity thing, either they get rewards for the active galactic power of the guild they beat or we get the loss rewards of your tier because it makes no sense for us to fight agree. our butts off for our rewards, fighting a group that's two or three tiers above us. Yep. Who's fighting for their rewards. It makes no sense. So it agree. has to be equal across the rewards or why even bother?
2: You yep. Know? I, I so. couldn't agree more with that. I, I do want to jump back to something we said there a second ago though, about, uh, I'm going to quote it exactly. Active GP refers to the total guild galactic power of the guild. At the time that each person has joined the Territory War. This was something that we discussed. Uh, Somebody told me something that doesn't sound like what this is saying. This sounds to me like when you join a Territory War, your stuff is locked. Not at the time that joining ends.
1: I think this is just a case of bad wording on their part again. Because this has been tested over and over. Has it? And it and it only locks at the time that twelve or twenty-four hours ends. People will swear that it doesn't, and it's when this and that and that and this, but all the tests in our guild, it locks when you join. Or or when when the timer ends. So people want to okay. play superstitious. I totally understand I don't wear blue during Lions games. So I understand. But the way it is supposed to work and the way that we've tested and it does work is at the end of that 24-hour period, that's when it locks. You don't wear blue during Lions games? I don't. It's... it's This is superstition, right? I, uh... Every time I wear blue, they lose. So uh, I stop wearing blue during Lions
2: games. Uh... I want to get back into that, you know, before trivia. Uh, anyway, okay, um,
1: all right. Well, I got more of them too, so oh, they just should, keep going. This should them. be good.
2: Yeah, can't wait for that. Um, all right, is there <laughs> anything else that we want to talk about with matchmaking?
1: Um, there's some Q questions and answers. Uh, here at the bottom, I want to look through them and see if there's anything there. But uh, how do you identify strongest squads? Answer. We're not going to divulge that algorithm. So we'll never know if you or I are in the right space here on what the strongest (laughs) squads means. That is true. But second question, when do you make this calculation? Currently, as of this post, immediately after the sign-up phase, we take a snapshot of all rosters in the Territory War. All right. We use those snapshots for the Territory War, which locks all rosters in use for that war. We use the matchmaking algorithm we begin the set defense phase. This whole process takes a few seconds across the game. So you don't see it happen. You generally only see the defense phase startup. Few seconds. This thing uh, for however in depth this algorithm is, it takes a few seconds and that just blows my mind.
2: <laughs> Interesting.
1: No, it's crazy. Um Um. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading th- through these questions to see if there's anything else here. I
2: think that's pretty much all the exciting stuff. Uh,
1: yeah, that's pretty much it. For there's a post if you go into the March 16th uh, hot fix post, you can find the matchmaking clarification post linked in there, which is kind of hard to find because it's all the way down in uh, in the Territory Wars part of the forum. It's not in like the top two sections like a lot of big, important information gets yep. put. So if you're looking for that post, that's where it's at, down in the Territory Wars section.
2: And uh, if you have issues finding the link, you can go to shatteredorder.com slash episode slash 89, and you can see the detailed show notes, and it has the links to all of these things that we're going through.
1: Yep, Exactly can all get right. pretty much all our notes on the website now, so it's nice.
2: Yeah, it's nice being able to put detailed stuff out there. <laughs> Alright, uh Sion. They fixed Darth Sion, which is very exciting. Darth Sion's Lord of Pain ability will now correctly inflict pain to enemies who damage him. And in the Sith Triumphant raid, they corrected a typo incorrectly listing mods... In details panel as a reward. I did not notice that. That is one thing I'm actually quite surprised about. They did not give us mods as a reward for the raid. But with that same update, they did, you know, make mods cost credits, which I'm going broke. Thank you, mod store. (laughs) It's... Um...
1: Mini rant, real fast. Uh Uh-oh. Brand freaking new raid. Constant feedback and annoyance that challenge gear shouldn't be in a raid reward. New raid rewards still contain challenge gear. Why? Yeah. Why? I have 2,000 of them. I don't need more from three days of raiding. I, I want gear I don't have.
2: But you, I hate, hate, hate that. You know what's really good about the new raid system? Or the new raid reward reward system? Is there is no chance. I mean, maybe there's a chance, but statistically almost impossible. Of getting all uh, challenge gear. Like I did in the Pro K.A.T. When I finished like 7th earlier this week. <laughs> I got like... 80 salvage of shit that I've got 3,000 of already. yay
1: So great, right? So great. Something we all ask for all continue to want from our raid rewards. It's just so great.
2: Yeah. love it. well that but that's why they made the new raid uh, why can I not say raid re- re- <laughs> raid rewards That's why they made the new <laughs> Sith rewards awesome. very good. Way to go. All right. (laughs) So this is a pretty exciting week for a lot of people. Not everybody, but there's a huge portion of people that are going to be very excited this week. And then there was also an insane amount of bitching on the Facebook page. And so I clicked the little X button to get out of there. Because people, there are apparently people who are insanely pissed that Ray has returned... Because, get this, they didn't think she would return this quick, so they didn't farm the veterans. Uh,
1: here's, my, really? here's how it goes for me with this sort of thing. If you miss it and you wanted it, farm it immediately. That way when it comes back, you're ready. There is no way in this game to ever be able to tell with any type of confidence, when something's going to come back. Because sometimes Emperor Palpatine's take six months to come back. Sometimes CLS takes three months. Sometimes RJT's take two months. Sometimes Chimera takes three months. There's no no number, magical number, or easy way to guess these things. Sure, three months has been something that's been going on recently. So it's a pretty good guess, and I can understand why people guessed that time. Yep. But... Those those vets are hard to farm anyway. I, yeah. Limiting the amount of time you have to farm them just doesn't seem like a smart idea in the first no. place. So go after them right after you missed it. Be ready for it the next time it comes up and just move on to whatever it is else you want. Yeah. I understand the the vets aren't aren't fun. They aren't characters that most people even use for anything. They kind of suck to farm. I get that. The problem with that is they are needed for RJT. Whether we like it or not, you have to farm them to get her. So get it out of the way. Get it. Like, if you miss RJT this time, don't wait. Finish your vets. Move on. Be ready for the next one whenever that
2: is. You know what's kind of funny, though, is the people who are probably bitching about not being given enough notice on this one are probably the same people who were pissed last time about there being a panic farm, and so they're like, "Oh, the hell of this! I'm not gonna get her. I'll wait till next time." And then they wait, and now they have to panic farm her again, rather than just you know not panic farming and just farming. Like, see, you know,
1: this time it was controllable. Last time it wasn't, so I can understand last time. But if you're panic farming now, tough shit. You know, yeah, it's it's like. I, all I can tell you is, when you miss an event, finish farming them immediately so that you're ready for the next one when it comes.
2: Yep, that's a hundred percent true. So, so uh, um, keep talking. I'll be right back.
1: All right, I did want to mention that uh, if you did get the vets for RJT, or you're almost gonna finish getting the vets. And you'll be able to attempt this uh, event before RJT leaves, and you haven't yet. Only gear the vets to the point, gear them to gear, uh, gear them to gear seven, and put some good mods on them. A lot of people have been beating this event with low geared vets. And the least amount of gear you have to put on them, the better, because odds are you're not gonna use them for a while until we find somewhere that they're good. But uh, putting them on gear eight or putting them to gear seven, there's a chance you can still beat it with good mods. Or if you need to go to gear eight and do it there, because I know for the most part, a lot of people have been beating it at gear eight with good mods. So you don't have to get those two geared really far to make this work, but you do need some good mods on them. Take some off your arena team for an event, finish it off. Don't waste your gear, and you'll be much happier. A uh, about that. So, um, the other part of the hot fix where we were talking about the mods in the being taken out of the raid reward because obviously they were never in there. But is all, the reason that update even went out was because Darth Sion, when they've pushed the raid update, I totally lost. Everything that makes him good, everything from his kit that makes him who he is was just suddenly gone. And you could hear everyone that spent their crystals on this character crying out in anger because literally people attacking him or him attacking them was not giving pain. So he was not taunting. So it was just basically he was a dude that was there in the pain buff wasn't working correctly, so Darth Sion's had a rough time since this character came out, because A, he got got nerfed with the rest of the round of the characters on the on damage thing in the new raid, then suddenly when the new raid nerfs went out, he got accidentally broken thank goodness for quick turnarounds, because he is within a, a day he was fixed again, so yeah you still there can you hear me I am I'm here
2: (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea where you're at so I'm just you know
1: I was just talking about Darth Sion being broken and not broken now yeah I thought we already
2: talked about that maybe Maybe. okay so uh, I just talked about it again okay well perfect people people want to hear that voice Uh, did you cover (laughs) BB-8
1: I have not covered BB-8.
2: BB-8's obviously back since RJT is back. We get that exciting Mythic event. You know what that means? Mods! Free mods. Wait.
1: I completely forgot about the Mythic event. I haven't even gone in there to to do it on my main account. Thanks for that heads up.
2: opens in like an hour and a half, I think, from the time that we're... Oh,
1: that's why I didn't know, because it's not on there yet okay that makes sense well I, mean, I forgot it starts on the weekend
2: yeah no it's it's on there but it just has the countdown timer it's not active yet uh so yeah that's really exciting they have some faction packs and bundles for first order and then obviously the bats so need the shards you know drop some dough have fun bb8's amazing though you definitely want yourself some bb8 uh, they are doing a uh, 25% bonus chest of crystals. What? What a deal.
1: I know. That was random, but I'll take it. Yeah. I think it was more to help. They didn't do double drops, but I think it, it was more to help with uh, Cantina refreshes. Yeah. Vets. That's what my initial thought was. So,
2: Which completely pretty, makes pretty sense. Pretty sweet deal.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then... Um, Something to mention about BB-8, though. Better this time around, or at least in the month leading up to him, was uh, just how much easier it is to farm First Order to get BB-8 now, with uh, Kylo going to a 10 energy node. that's a good point. And First Order Special Forces TIE TIE Pilot having his own node. Yeah, having his own node in the guild store. Those two alone can be done instead of TIE fighter pilot for sure. or first order TIE pilot and first order stormtrooper, yep. which are the two that are hard node only beyond the one node for TIE pilot. That's in the fleet shop too, but that one, you know, he's a little faster now, but, uh, special forces, t- uh, first order TIE pilot. Yep. Has his own block. You can literally buy him every refresh because he'll always be there. So, much easier to get a first order crew than it used to be. Absolutely. So if you don't have one, you should be getting one, working on one. It's a lot easier now and then you can get your BB8 and continue working towards your RJT.
2: Indeed. Get your RJT. Uh <laughs> So, uh updates, they updated the Sith Triumvirate raid which is just lovely. Uh we were all very excited about this. People were so mad it's going to your teams aren't going to be able to do anything. It's going to be a big, huge nerf. We were a little irritated about it. Um, and then kind of started running the numbers on it and looking at what teams were doing. We kind of talked about this last week. The exposed damage being cut in half really isn't going to affect the Rancor or the heroic AAT raid or the normal AT. E- either way. Uh, it's going to be a pretty minimal difference. Now... It is going to be a significantly bigger difference on the Sith Triumvirate Ray just because of the way it works and you generally get more damage from that. But a lot of these teams are doing most of their damage is coming from raw damage anyway. So now your raw damage is actually doing a higher percentage of that phase damage. And this is only in phase one for Darth Nihilus. But your regular damage is now doing a higher percentage even though your uh, exposed damage has been cut in half. But that's... That doesn't seem to really be that big of an effect on these things. I, I had some really interesting numbers. I actually did the math on exactly how much that decreases your damage, but I don't remember what it was. I think it was like... I, I, I think that uh, the net decrease was about 47% decrease on your exposed damage whenever you factor in the health and everything. And it was um, a 16 to 17% damage reduction based on the way my team generally works. Uh, I think me and Bedor both were between 15 and 20% damage reduction total based on these changes, which that's not too bad. I mean, you're still doing, you know, if you're still doing 6% or whatever, it's still a. Doing way more than you need to, uh, to be able to get mm-hmm. through it, and also the fact that they brought RJT back, most skills are going to be in a far better position to be able to beat the raid now than we were before all these changes were implemented. Right. So, yeah, I, them bringing back RJT was quite generous from for this whole thing.
1: Yeah, I did. It was. It was weird though that it was literally like. Two days after the announcement. Two weeks would have been a little nicer, but it did come back. So, I mean, all those people that were ready to go after the first one uh, are getting it. And so I know a lot of people in our guild I know were not that far off. They've been working on it. But uh, now they just kind of pushed them to use more crystals to get those refreshes in.
2: Yeah, Which is a little frustrating when you have to do that, but so worth it
1: well i've i I never used to refresh the cantina at all daily, but I've moved into a different line of thought that I want the characters I really want are in the cantina and all the the fifty energies I spend on gear every day I still do them, but I've been starting to do the cantina refreshes as well oh yeah, simply because all I have left as far as high energy cantina nodes to finish is Gar Saxon, I have two stars left to get on him, and then ISC. So once I finish them, I'll probably go back to not buying refreshes, but I'm almost to the point where now I am done with them. So thankfully for that. But I'm going to look... But once I finish that, I'm going to start using them on refreshing some hard nodes just to try to speed those up a little bit because I don't refresh hard nodes either.
2: Yeah, that's understandable. Um, I, I rarely refresh hard nodes. I will tell you one thing I'm super, uh, well, something you just kind of mentioned that made me think about this was you always want to be doing your 50 crystal refreshes, especially if you need stuff like stun cuffs, stun gun salvage, carbonis. Uh, That is by far the most efficient way to get those versus actually buying them, it appears. So, yeah, that is. Uh, you'll be able to see all the beautiful numbers regarding that stuff here pretty soon. But yeah.
1: Yep. I am excited for this because I know all the different gear buying things that we've done over on the podcast over all our episodes have had really good information. So if we can put all that into one spot where you can just go look and say, all right, I want this. Is it going to be better for me to spend this many refreshes to try to get it? Or would buying one be better? Having that in one spot will be nice. Yep. So, what did you think of the percentage health drop on the raid? Like, was it more than you thought? Around what you thought? Less than you wished?
2: I think they said that they were going to do a 5% decrease. So, it's exactly what I was expecting. But... (laughs) Uh, I mean it's I it's fine, I mean, honestly, I was kind of surprised that they chose to even decrease the health at all once they decided they were going to nerf expose, so I mean I'm not gonna bitch too much about that,
1: well, yeah, um yeah, I don't they I'm pretty sure they didn't say the number.
2: But whatever I could have swore they did but five percent five
1: percent makes makes sense
2: yeah that's, so that's I mean deal. it's not terrible um, the other thing they changed was the Sith Triumphant raid Darth Trey' bonds of weakness damage no longer triggering special effects uh, I think this really affects one team that I like doing so Kylo Ren, he's one of those that gets the stacking buffs. You know, the offense buffs each time he takes damage. So I don't know that he'll be hitting for 150k anymore, which is a little unfortunate. But there's a list, long list of characters here who are now going to be suffering from that, which is a little, you know, it's a little disappointing for some of these. Some of it don't really make much of a difference at all, but oh well.
1: Here's a team, surprisingly, that I think got fixed with this that I tried in Phase 3, and it's started doing weird things that actually made it really fun. Too bad that it was doing no damage. But uh, I have 5 Zeta, and uh, 5 Zeta is basically gain 20% turn meter every time a clone ally gets damaged. So every time a clone every time a clone took a turn wow. in phase 3 then uh, fives took a turn and every time fives took a turn he took a second turn it, it it was weird like literally every other turn was fives and every other of fives turns was a uh, was an assist call it, it, if it was able to do more damage, that team would have been a lot more fun, but literally i I went on and on for until basically all the the damage uh dots killed the whole team but and it was only like four hundred thousand, but it was ridiculous how many turns fives was taking
2: interesting i uh, yeah, I had not seen that that is pretty interesting,
1: but that'll pretty much neuter my zeta on fives so whatever. I think it said on on damage, so. But uh, I went in there with that team, you know, as my like last fifth attempt for the day or whatever, just to do see if they did anything, and that's what happened, and it was fun. <laughs>
2: nice. Um. All right. Oh. Um. I guess that covers pretty much all the updates. So you ready to move on to this next thing?
1: let's do it
2: all right
0: hey boys do you have any tips for us less experienced players
1: so uh i got a very big big tip here i'm sure you do very big tip (laughs) i really didn't know what to
2: play here so uh yeah i just went with that but we're about to talk about sith raid team ideas And kind of go over some of these teams that we've been using, and kind of get an, uh, you know, just kind of get an idea of maybe some teams that you should be using, and uh, kind of, I don't know how how to use teams. So yeah. Uh, All right. Well, why don't you tell us about the the good old delicious checks mix?
1: So Chex Mix, this team, there was a couple videos put out this week by our good friend McMole and our other good friend Nukin. Uh, I think they were kind of different on characters involved because I've seen people using Rex leads with this team. Um, But the team that I used today to test this that worked really well was the one from McMull's video. And it is CLS lead, uh, Raid Churit, uh, Pow. Yes, I said Pow. And then, um, why well, I always forget the fourth guy. Always forget the fourth guy.
2: I wait, do wait not two know. Two seconds. All right.
1: Yeah, I, I did this at the, before we started. Oh, Death Trooper. One of the most important parts of the team.
2: Yeah, he's essential.
1: Yeah, so Death Trooper, Churret, CLS as a lead, Han with the Zeta, and um, POW. I tested this with Kaigon Jin, because I didn't have POW geared, um, and I'll explain why. So this team, if you haven't seen it, I'll say this. Go watch McMull's video. Super helpful, super... Good info, awesome as far as I've heard for people doing heroics right now to get through phase three um, after these uh, Stormtrooper Han antics were nerfed. So really good team, really quick team. I mean, it's like a two-minute run for like two million damage. Very nice. nice. But basically the idea here is um, you go in there, you get uh, turret to give... Tenacity up so that there's no way that the little side lightsabers are going to put days on Raid Han. Because if, if Raid Han gets days, your run's over. Start over, try again. So the idea is to get Chirrut to put Tenacity up so that Raid Han does not gain debuffs. And then on top of that, the, the whole idea for POW is to he has he's an attacker and gives offense up to the whole team. So he'll give offense up to Raid Han. So now you got the tenacity up on Raid Han, you got the offense up on Raid Han, and every single person I listed there is an attacker in the game. There's no supports, there's no tanks, all attackers and when so the idea is once you get offense up on him with the tenacity up you hit stand alone for him. So then once he's got stand alone, you hit his third second special to get him crit chance up and crit damage up. So now he's got even more buffs, he's doing even more damage, but the whole idea between ha- between having all attackers on the team is that attackers also give for each attacker on the team, they also give the person that's standing alone plus 100% offense. So Han's already getting even more offense than all the stuff he's already got. And so every time he's hit by Treya or by the lightsabers, he's not getting the debuffs from the lightsabers. And he's, he's uh, oh, and I forgot one more important part. So you want those two buffs. You want the offense up and the tenacity up on Han. You also want Death Trooper to death mark Treya. So once Treya's death marked, once you've got... so yeah, so once Treya's deathmarked, once you got the two buffs on Han, you hit the standalone. So now, no matter what the side lightsabers do to hit him, he's going to counter on Treya, doing the extra damage from the death mark. So basically, every hit he's doing after he's getting hit over and over with these lightsabers and her is doing near 100,000 damage. So easily, once you get this set up and working... Through the standalone, you can get almost 2 million damage. Not to mention once you come out of it, if you have the team there with Chirrut healed up and ready to go, there's a chance that you can do even more damage. You can get another death markup right after the standalone ends. It's pretty simple to topple her to get even more damage in on the topple. I mean, it's just a really good damage team, and it, it doesn't take... It takes seconds to realize whether you're going to be able to set it up right. So you can go in, try to set it up, back out, go in, try to set it up. Once you do get it set up the way you want it to, let it go. Two-minute run, two million damage, you're done and you're out. It's awesome. I love it. Interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. Did you get a chance to play with it today?
2: Um, Not that specifically. I I hadn't heard exactly what the team was and I didn't see the video, but I seen... (laughs) some screenshots and I've seen somebody mentioned something about offense up and just kind of a few of the ideas that were floating around so I did do a kind of test and I I had um I had ran a pretty similar team to this a few raids ago um I, I don't remember exactly what my team was then I'd have to go back and look but I do have my screenshot from actually just not too long ago that that I did it I did 3.1 million with Commander Luke lead, Han Solo, Death Trooper, General Kenobi, and Qui-Gon. And I basically used Qui-Gon to, you know, do the debuff, give offense up, uh, take out all the side lightsabers, then you death marker, of course, and then, you know, Han gets to attack a lot, and then you can use General Kenobi to do his mass assist which gives even more attacks on, you know, her whenever she's death marked. I actually got to get that off twice, uh, his mass assist, you know, in two different topples, which makes a big difference. And then did standalone with Han once, and uh, his special hit for like 150000 that was pretty cool. Uh, That does make a pretty big difference. So, yeah, I mean, it seems to be a really good strategy. One thing that I was kind of having issues with was making sure that Han had his crit damage up along with offense up. I was really having hell making that work. It's one of those teams that you really need to mess with the turn order a little bit because you want want Qui-Gon to be able to finish off the last lightsaber and have everyone else, or especially Han, have his buffs and then gain offense up so he can kind of maximize the damage once he goes into the part where he does his standalone so uh, I think that part was a little bit difficult to set up but yeah no it seems like it's a pretty good team from what I can tell I didn't test the exact team you're talking about and this was uh, tier 6 not heroics so uh, you know maybe here before too long we'll get back to another heroic and I'll get to test it there and see exactly what it does but yeah not too shabby
1: the, the the best part in my opinion of the this team is all the characters are pretty much accessible beyond cls but uh um he'll come back again and people will be ready for him again but uh everyone on that team's pretty most people that are g- going to be doing heroic raids have all those characters and probably have them already geared up so it it makes it an easy team to Just step in and already uh, use. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Live chat's quite interesting. Um, Just for those of you listening. uh, uh, Thanks to Stan who started this whole thing. Describe your love life using a Swagga move name. So uh, you can only (laughs) imagine where this is going. Quite interesting. Uh, so, anything else you want to ma- you, you want to mention with the checks mix?
1: Before I say anything else, is that why I say it, let the hate flow? Yes. Is that why I saw that in chat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's, Perfect. There's Great. there's
2: been a few really good ones. Um, <laughs>
1: awesome. All right. Well, yeah. Checks mix team. Go check out Mick Moles'
2: uh, video
1: on his YouTube channel really good i haven't watched Nukins yet so i can't say that i know how that team's set up but uh, he's also got a video so thanks guys awesome video Molly, and uh, appreciate it
2: yep very cool well done mcmillan uh so the <laughs> the other team i wanted to talk about was troopers as we kind of mentioned at the top of the show the Thrawn-led Troopers actually work really well. I was having hell with this team at first. I was like, ah, beers is better, not Thrawn. But I'd only tried it like a couple times, and then I was kind of messing with it today. And I assume I'm probably the last person who uses this team to find out how it actually works. But I figured I would describe it to you anyway, just in case. So, uh, why the Thrawn- Let's do it. Let's do it. The throne Lead is great because he gives an extra special ability, and that is the Cleanse. That Cleanse gives 50% turn meter. So that's basically just cutting down your cooldown by half, you know, in a way. Because you gain 50% turn meter, you give up an ability. But you're probably better off doing that so that you can get back to your special abilities, especially when you're talking about characters like... uh, No, is it Stark or Veers that has the mass assist? I think it's Stark or... uh, It's Veers. Veers. Uh, Yeah, so with Thrawn and Veers with Death Trooper, Death Trooper is obviously a really common thing here, but being able to do Fracture, which is four hits, that is really good on, on there, and then you can use Thrawn to give more turn meter back to Veers so that he can get back to his assist. And then, you know, Veers can do the special ability to gain the turn meter. It works really well. It's a nice way to gain, uh, shorten the cooldowns. That's what I'm looking for. So that's kind of the big thing there is shortening the cooldowns as much as possible. And I think I got like 2.4. Again, this was tier six, not heroic. So take it with a grain of salt because they don't really correlate 100% a hundred percent there.
1: Interesting. I'm seeing a theme with Death Trooper.
2: Yeah, me too. It seems like he is good <laughs> in the Sith raid, huh?
1: Yeah, which is great. Cause... Make Gamorrean guard great. Yeah, <laughs> that's all yeah. I'm saying. Make Gamorrean guard great.
2: Yeah that that would be so nice if they would make that change, but I don't see it. But who knows. <laughs> Um, so, no. oh. so yeah, it's
1: completely out of left field, something that will not happen, but something I'm going to hold on to for at least a few weeks.
2: Oh yeah. We should just keep bringing it up. Maybe they'll listen to us.
1: I'm just going to tweet it to uh, CG every day for the next week.
2: Yeah. All right. Hey,
1: CG, wouldn't it be cool if Gamoran Guard had a death mark?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, I think you <laughs> could sell them on it. I think you could definitely sell them on it. So, the other thing I want to talk about is your new, brand new 2018 Ray Jedi training. Very exciting stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is exciting.
2: So, the Heroic Raid really kind of made me reassess how I use her in a team. There were a lot of people that I, you know, were kind of having issues with making this team work, and you know, so we're kind of. This was a big discussion in the guild trying to help people make her most effective. So in our heroic attempt, Bedor had by far the best run with RJT, and it was full resistance. It was, you know, RJT BB8 R2D2 resistance trooper along with race gap, and I think he. He did a pretty significant amount of damage. I wasn't able to do quite as much with that team. I kept having an issue with either Ray or Resistance Trooper getting wiped out almost immediately because of the health damage. So what I was doing, I was trying to keep uh, Resistance Trooper and Ray both in there and drop R2, put in a healer. That didn't work because, you know... I. Seen somebody mention, you know, R2 doesn't do much damage, but R2 does give damage to everyone if you haven't Zed. Plus, he also gives mm-hmm. health, which is the big thing. The health that he gives is what really allows everyone to survive. So I think that was really important. Actually, no, Bedor dropped R2 D2 and had in Hermit Yoda, and that was why I tried that. But I found R2 D2 to be I could almost couldn't do a run without him. It her. I don't know. R two D two because <laughs> like I said, just the bonuses he gives is huge and you know, he has two specials with which which I, I'm having troubles talking tonight. This is ridiculous. The two
1: you specials and me both. <laughs> we need some we need some of that liquid uh
2: <laughs> liquid courage. Liquid yeah. truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, so R2-D2, really important for helping keep everyone alive, and using multiple specials help reduce cooldown of Illuminated Destiny, which is obviously the really big thing with RJT. (sighs) So, uh, (laughs) like I was saying, with RJT, a lot of your damage will come from Resistance Trooper and uh, Scavenger Ray if you're using them. Resistance Trooper gains so much turn meter from his unique that you can basically just load him up with offense. If you have any of those raw offense mods sitting around with, you know, plus 100, plus 150, whatever offense, those are great to put on him. You obviously want high crit damage. Speed doesn't really matter a hell of a lot, which is a little odd and quite nice, actually. So. Uh, <laughs>
1: nice change of pace.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that is no kidding. And like I said, that's a mod stat I've always been a really, really big fan of. So, you know, use it up. As for a healer, healers with health equalization is really important for this team also. it's I had hell trying to get a good run going just because a lot of times they start losing health and the resistance don't really have a, that good of a healer. Besides Holdo, and most mm-hmm. people don't have her, and she only heals one character other than her basic. You know how that works anyway uh you can you can try holdo I don't know how well she works because I don't have her at seven stars, which is beside the point, so that leaves hermit Yoda chariott Barris as your primary options for health equalization. all three of those work really well. Zeta Barris, I think is probably ideal um. I don't know if she's Baron Hermit Yoda, but then that would allow you to use Hermit Yoda somewhere else where he might be better. And the Zayda's, what's her face, Barris, she would kind of allow you to heal back whenever he does, uh, Darth Nihilus does his AoE and, you know, nonsense like that. Ugh.
1: You know who I was gearing when I bought the Mark IV uh, um, stun gun? Who? Barris.
2: Ah, interesting. Do you
1: know who's not been geared since then?
2: I'm going to guess Barris. Barris. Yeah. (laughs) Saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just disheartened. So, I don't think you can talk RJT without talking about Darth Nihilus mechanics. They are very important... This has been very controversial on how confusing they are, but it's actually it seems to be quite a bit simpler than people tend to make it be. There are a few things to really look for with Darth Nihilus on his cooldowns. You have the little box up in the top corner that tells you the number of cooldowns that he has. He takes two turns every time he takes a turn. Mm-hmm. Now, the. The problem is Force Drain. Force Drain is the big problem. Because the cooldowns doesn't... Like, the reduction of cooldowns don't apply until after his second turn. So, if he has one turn to Annihilate, and he does his basic attack, he will then do his basic attack again because he hasn't received his cooldowns yet. Even though he gets two attacks. But the problem is the cooldown reduction from Force Strain, if he uses that, that will instantly reduce the cooldown of Annihilate. And that is part of the problem that people have been having with the mechanics of Darth Nihilus is on his first turn, in his you know double turns, if he uses Force Strain, you really have to pay attention to your debuffs and your foresight. Get foresight on characters that are debuffed, that way it won't hit them. And he can't reduce cooldown. And if he's not reducing the cooldown of annihilate, then hey, you're good. But it does take, you know, you will know when he's going to annihilate because he'll either have force strain or annihilate available before he goes into his attacks. Because I've seen a lot of people say mm-hmm. that he doesn't use annihilate when he has it available. And that's the instance where he doesn't really use it available whenever it's available. Um, but I, I do believe he also prioritizes bringing back his little minions uh, that special ability he does So he does. that is one other thing to look at is that can be a pretty big savior for you
1: yep that's good info because uh, i am still been trying to figure out exactly how that uh, annoying cooldown works because sometimes you think alright He's gonna force drain. Suddenly he's gonna annihilate. I have to I have to be ready for that this turn. Yep. Do it, not ready for it that turn. Or he doesn't do it that turn. I'm not ready for the next turn. He kills someone yep. and the whole thing goes to crap. So it That's a good good thing to think about. There's just a lot with the cooldowns you have to keep track of. But if you can see who's actually going to get force drain, do the maths on how much that's going to bring down the Annihilate, whether it's going to be this turn or the next turn. It works out pretty well. Yeah, it's there's just... But that's the good thing about this raid, in my opinion. There's a lot of thinking that goes on, but once you understand the mechanics, it's not hard to understand what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, that's why I enjoy using RJT in the second phase, because I understand what's going on there completely, so I can... Manipulate it the way I want to to get higher scores. So, yep. phase one is the one I just haven't had a ton of um, practice in, mostly because I don't. I need. I want to find a better phase one team than RJT because I feel like I don't. I'll be better off in the second phase. Well, you don't, but you don't like the second phase, so. I, and you don't need all your RJTs in the same phase. so I don't
2: mind the second phase. I like it fine. I've just relentlessly beat my head against the phase one wall, so I'm quite familiar with it, I guess. Not quite as familiar with phase two. So, yeah. Uh, I
1: didn't attack phase one of our heroic attempt, you know, so I know nothing about it because I wanted... I knew I could do bigger damage. Yeah. Yeah. With my RJT in Phase 2, so I waited. And
2: this is a good point, actually. Your, your guild, especially if you're trying to get too heroic, if you have, you know, some of your RJT focusing on how Phase 1 works, and then some of your RJT focusing on how Phase 2 works, you can probably learn to optimize that a little bit more, because, I mean, just knowing the mechanics can make a huge difference. Especially in that Phase 1, if... If you don't understand how the cooldown works, how the force drain works, when he's gonna use annihilate, if you don't know those things, you're in trouble. And that is really important. Yep. You gotta get that you gotta
1: know the mechanics of the phase you're fighting in. Yep. For... Or you're not gonna do anything.
2: Yep. And it'll be a waste. And uh, you know, I may say if I have some video laying around, I may stitch together a video, you know, if I whenever I get some free time this week on how Darth Nihilus' mechanics actually works, since it's such a point of contention with people, it seems.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. That would be a nice thing to point out for people.
2: So. So. uh, Why don't we get into this next thing, because the next thing is what is up on the list as I look at the soundboard and try to figure <laughs> out what I should play because I really don't have any idea. You don't have
1: any ship sounds?
2: I don't. Um,
1: no phasers? Phasers. This is a Star Trek. Photon torpedoes?
2: No. Nothing. All right.
1: Three people just stopped listening, I'm sure. Just-
2: <laughs> we'll play the crickets. Because we got nothing. That's perfect. All right.
1: That's perfect. Right after I said three people just left. <laughs> All right. So I don't know that it, that's just a made up number. Like most stas- statistics.
2: statistics Love statistics. Yes.
1: God, I need a beer so bad. You do.
2: All right, Our brains so anyways, just don't work um, right without alcohol. Especially this late at night. You are seeing it. You are seeing the effects of uh, us
1: drinking water on the podcast. Uh, exactly. They are am just good. getting... Maybe I'm just waterlogged. Who knows? Possible. But anyways, I wanted to bring up this topic because we like to talk about what might be coming next, right? So, um, ships. Why should I farm? This is what I wrote in the notes. And it's, I've seen people say the same, so I think it's funny. Ships, why should I farm these stupid things? So, why should we farm these things? What is the number one reason that people farm ships? Zetas. That is it. Perfect. Zetas. So now you you've worked your t- your you've worked your ship roster to the point where you can get Zetas. Why do you keep working on ships? So
2: I can get crystals?
1: Working towards crystals, working towards better arena scores, working towards better territory battle scores. Pretty much those are the main More in-game power. objectives of ships, right? Yep. Yeah, galactic power. Um, you need a certain amount. Dark side territory battles, you need a Chimera at seven stars to even fight at the end of the uh, fa- er, territory battle. So there's a lot of different things now. That have come up over time to try to get people to continue farming ships. And, you know, galactic power is one of the biggest ones, right? Being able to drop those in your dark star Territory battles. But one thing... Okay, so let me just say this about ships. One thing ships can do is drastically inflate your galactic power and make your roster seem better than it is. True. Right? Because you can get up to, what, 1.5 million galactic power out of just ships? or Yeah, huh. somewhere in there. I don't know what the exact number is, but I've seen some... I've seen places where the ships is half of a person's galactic power.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to go check mine right now because I'm curious. Oh, yeah. hey, so, uh, h- hold on one second. I need to do something.
1: Okay waiting
2: okay done I I'm sorry waiting. I had to go beat my galactic war real quick
1: <laughs> very nice
2: um all right so, we, so whenever I look at my galactic power my total galactic power is two point eight seven roughly mm-hmm. I have one point seven from characters and I have one point one two from ships so. I don't know what the ratio is there. Like 40% of my galactic powers from ships, roughly.
1: Yep. The only problem that with inflating ship galactic power is you can only deploy it in ships. And with everyone there doing that, ships is almost the one that everyone assumes will be three-star, right?
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: The point I'm trying to get to is... We need more for ships.
2: Ah, I like it.
1: That is basically where this is breaking down to. Wow, you sound like a ship Why?
2: fan. What the ship it, well, happened?
1: Dark. What the ship? I don't know, man. Something, something got got all up in my ship, and now I'm, uh, <laughs> I've changed my mind. So tides are turning. I enjoy, I enjoy multi-wave ship battles, especially these ones where it starts off with ships no capital ships. And then on the last phase is when the capital ship comes in. Those are quite fun. I think those are really cool and they're fun to do. The problem is there's still really no, um, variability there. There's not a ton of ships. There's just not much going on. You pretty much feel like you're fighting the same battle over and over. So what can, what, what, what's there now? What are the best things that are there now? And what's coming, what can we we discern from the things that have happened since the Sith raid? I got some points on all those, but first thing I want to talk about is what's there now and what's good. So why don't you tell me what you think the best things out there right now are ships wise? What are the things that, without inflating your galactic power, just to inflate it,
2: what are the ones that you should focus the on? The specific ships? Yes. I can give you a ship ton of information about this, so let's go. All right, <laughs> so the first one is obviously the TIE Fighter. Uh, I think the TIE Fighter is crucial to every team because of the evasion and the fact that it gives turn meter to other ships. The problem with TIE Fighter is he's so damn hard to hit, which leads me to my next point. What ships are good for taking out TIE Fighter because he's on every damn team you got two options you can either use Mm -hmm. vader or you can take that po' boy out with mr dameron and both of those (laughs) are excellent choices uh vader's obviously great in your starting lineup because of just everything that he does the turn meter removal and inflicting the uh target lock on basic, and keeping target lock around, all that good stuff. And then I really like to use Poe coming out of the reserves, because if you have a TIE Fighter that's just even a little low on health, you can always use that special ability without offense up or anything, and you can typically just take out that TIE Fighter, which is so much fun. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Another one that I am a fan of is a... Uh, uh, I'm not sure what faction this character is, but fives. The Umbaran Starfighter is really, really awesome because he hits everyone that has Target Lock. So if you have a couple mm-hmm. of these faster ships like TIE Fighter or First Order Tie Pie t- the First Order TIE Fighter, <laughs> which is another one of my top favorite ships because it gives can give terminal lock or target lock on basic. Then you can have 5s come in and AoE and hit everyone that's target locked. And that's why I actually run TIE Fighter, First Order TIE, 5s, Vader, and Biggs all together. Um, I think those ships are all super solid. Biggs, obviously, a great taunter. And then uh, Reaper is obviously great. But there is one ship that i had on my list that you don't have on your list and it is probably my favorite ship to bring out of reserves and that is the Geonosan soldier starfighter i think it's great because it's a little slow and it's not very tanky so it's not a great starting ship it'll get wiped out pretty easy but If you can bring Mm -hmm. it in, it instantly starts and it attacks and calls in an assist, which is obviously great. And then, any time you have someone attack, there's a chance for Geno's and Soldier's Starfighter to assist that ability, which is great. He assists a lot and does quite a bit of damage. It's a really great ship that I'm a huge fan of, and I think that pretty much covers it.
1: Yep. I agree. There what one thing, uh couple ships I had in there. Uh Bastan's Ewing is another good one. I really like the tie slicer for offense. I don't as far as I'm concerned, yeah. and have heard the defense on Tie Slicer isn't that great. But uh it's great in PvE battles for sure. It it's having him in there is pretty ridiculous.
2: It's good on offense, too, because... uh, Or, sorry, no. On defense, also, I actually use that. That's actually my first reserve right now, and it's been doing pretty well. Because he can come in and do a lot of damage, but that basic, he can stun on basic. Which is... I mean, stun on basic is always good, as we know.
1: Oh, yeah. Love me some stun on basic. Any character. We always talk about... Basics with really good abilities on them.
2: Gotta love that SOB. Yeah. That's done on basic, by uh, the way.
1: I was like, what is he talking? Oh, okay. Now I get it. All right. Got it. Got it. Um, One thing you didn't talk about, I've made sure to mention on mine, is capital ships, right? Right now, Chimera, only legendary capital ship. If you have Thrawn... You can get Chimera, but to get Chimera, you have to have Biggs and Wedge's ship. Or Sorry, you don't have to have both those. This is a combination of, uh, of ships right here, right? You have to have Phantom. You have to have Ghost. Those two are for sure. You also have to have a combination of Biston's Ewing, Cassian's Ewings, Biggs' X-Wing, and Wedge's X-Wing. So you need three of those four ships. Biggs, we already said, is a great taunting ship, so you're going to want that one. Wedge has some good damage to him. He's not bad. Cassians you can get out of the um, Cantina store, so that's another good one to farm. Biston, I don't even have him at 7-star because he's in a spot in the fleet shipments where it's just annoying how often he pops up. So I'd say the best bet there is... Bigs and Wedge, because you can get them at a Galactic War store. They pop in there all the time. Mm-hmm. You can get uh, Cassian's Ewing from the Cantina store, because it's got its own spot in there. You can farm it. And then on top of that, Phantom and Ghost, you're going to want to focus your energy in fleet shipments on those two if you don't have thrown ship yet. So you have to get all of those to 7-star to get Chimera to 7-star. You can get it at five star, you can get it at six star, but obviously, since it's a legendary, seven stars gets you the seventh star. Chimera, best capital ship. Tarkin, second best in my opinion. Then you got Akbar and Mace. So these are all the ships that you got. It's now we've listed like six, seven apiece, you know, some of them the same, some a little bit different. Yeah. But literally there aren't a crap ton more ships that we even left out, right? That's true. So you got Sun Fox, Geon Ocean Spy, uh, Plo Koon. Uh, um You didn't mention the Ewings, but I did. Yep. There's, um, there's really not a ton of ships that we're missing. One or Special Forces First Order Tie Pilot. Yeah, good Fine. AOE. That's another one. Yep. I mean, there's just we could literally sit here and maybe in ten minutes. Talk about every single ship that's in the game, even the
2: Phoenix ships, and are not quite miss good.
1: one. But like, even not the ones that aren't good, right? It wouldn't take us very long to cover every single ship because there's just really that's true. Not that many of yeah. them, right? So, thoughts on the future of ships? This is why I bring this up. All right, does the new mod store hint at something that may be coming? I think we kind of went over this a little bit last week. They're selling mods f- mods that go to characters, not ships. They do add a little bit of power to your ships, putting them on pilots. But directly, as far as ships go, that's not a thing. But you are buying with fleet currency mo- really good mods, right? So the question was, are they draining our fleet currency to bring something new in? Now... Kerok AT was released what 3 months before ships came out, right?
2: Uh, or 2
1: months before ships came out?
2: Yeah, it wasn't long. I think it obviously it came out in August, not really it came out like September I think, <laughs> and then in November we ended up getting ships, you know, at the end of November, so.
1: So, let's put these two things together, right? Mod store, draining fleet currency for good mods. Heroic AT came out, then ships came out. We just got a new raid that came out. What are the odds with their content, with the way they do their content and their rollouts that now something ship-related would be next?
2: Wait, say that again. I was not paying attention.
1: (laughs) I said, Heroic AT came out. A couple months later, ships came out. They're draining our currency for this temporary mod store thing. All the fleet currency. The new Sith raid just came out. With the way that they do their content rollouts, what are the odds that ships are the next thing that comes out? Something for ships.
2: I don't know. I mean, I'm. I I hope so. Like, I would love to see. I would love to see ship energy, with ship Cantina style battles. Mm-hmm. With hardware now i could see that coming alongside the solo movie because uh, it seems like ships are gonna be pretty big in the solo movie obviously the millennium falcon like y- you have all these kind of ship tie-ins like that's a really big piece of that i feel like or it's kind of the impression i'm getting maybe we'll get the ship update with the han solo movie
1: that's uh two months from now? I could see that for sure. Yep. Because the raid came out a couple months or you know, end of February, beginning of March, a couple months later. Get some ship stuff. Maybe with the solo stuff coming out. That would be pretty sweet. Indeed. I just wanted to I just wanted to float this idea because ships don't have a lot going on. There's not a lot of ships. There's not a lot going on with them past Zetas. I was looking through our Discord for the mini cast idea. And one of the mini cast ideas, which I don't think I could spend a whole episode talking about, was why should I care about ships after I open Zetas? And right now, the only reason after that is arena ranking and territory battles, because you need them for those things. And you need a diverse roster to fill platoons and still be able to do your battle. I mean, there's a lot going on with that aspect of it, but as far as ships go, since they were introduced, no real changes, nothing real new, nothing groundbreaking with ships. So, true. I'm really hoping that we can read into this, read into this mod shop change with the fleet currency, the way that the heroic AT came out with. Ships coming out just shortly after that. That maybe if their content creation process stays similar, that we're getting ships soon. New ships, new mode, something.
2: I will say this as far as ships and where they're useful, Territory War is another place that I think really gets underlooked. Yeah, yeah. we got shellacked in one Territory War because the team went all offense and. We're like, what the hell are they doing? Well, turns out their defensive ships were ridiculously stacked. They were insane. And that was their entire strategy was clear your board and then count on the fact that you can't get through their ships. And I mean, the like their ships were max, their front line was really impressive. So I definitely think there is some strategy there with ships. I've heard a lot of people bitch about, oh, you know, they went all offense. That's not fun. I, I think going all offense with characters can actually be a viable strategy because of your ships. So that is something else you can actually think about.
1: Yep, I agree. It's, uh, they can definitely make a big impact on Territory Wars. So that's another good one to work for them for but yeah ships hopefully we get some new ships soon because this old ship is just not enough
2: yeah that's true hopefully soon well so we've come
1: to the beginning of the end of trivia no we have not which means we have not we're gonna talk about some other stuff first
2: yeah So, real quick before we get into that, uh, there are a lot of you that need to go re-up your Twitch subs. Because, you know, here in, what, two weeks, we're going to be doing more giveaways. So, make sure you go and get your uh, Twitch sub redone so that you are eligible for the gift card, giveaways, anything else we may decide to do. You can find us everywhere. Because we're worldwide, it's kind of exciting. Uh, But seriously, uh, (laughs) Twitter.com slash Shattered Order, Discord.me slash Shattered Order, ShatteredOrder.com. You can find everything. Be looking for that uh, gear purchasing guide that I am working on. You can find us, oh, podcast, like podcatchers? Like, come on. Go subscribe, leave us a review. We love reviews. Uh, Hopefully, they're a good review, but we like honest reviews. Always open to feedback. You want to hit us up on Discord or whatever. Feel free to shoot us a message. Let us know what you think about the show or whatever. You can also do it through the website. Uh, Since we're about to get into trivia, might as well go ahead and mention, if you have an idea for trivia, don't bring it to Dan or I. Just go to the website, shatteredorder.com. There is a link there where you can submit a trivia question or trivia idea. It will go straight to Tesh. It will not come through us. So... Yeah, it's really great. Great way to throw out some ideas and us not be giving any hints, which is really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
2: Did I miss anything? I feel like I did. Um patreon.com. We got a couple new patrons this week. Um God, why do I not have that list in front of me? Do you have that list in front of you? You don't. Uh, I do. Ah. You are on top of things, sir.
1: I I try to be. So, this week we have Coil who has just joined our Discord this week as well. So Nice. Glad to have you as well as Elusive1. So, both of to Elusive1 and Coil, we appreciate your Patreon subscription. I need to find your Discord names and get you uh, your Discord stuff. But, uh, yes, thank you for your Patreonage. Yeah. patronage, patronage, whatever you want to call it. The dis- it is much appreciated.
2: The Discord stuff should be working automatically. Uh, we we sh- should, be yeah, should be
1: working now, automatically. I will
2: say this, though. The Twitch stuff really works well, so it's pretty easy to go find out if your Twitch sub has fell off. And something else that we're going to do is create a Twitch subber-only chat. So if you sub to us on Twitch with, you know, like your Amazon Prime or whatever, and give us that free sub or any other sub, you will actually have access to that. So that'll be kind of cool. Because, you know, sometimes our chat gets really clogged with stuff. And I'm just not able to go back and read everything. But usually, like, our Patreon chat... I'm able to go back and read everything. And, you know, the uh, Twitch child just be another one of those ways to kind of guarantee that we see something.
1: Not to mention, it'll be an easy reminder if your Twitch Prime subscription falls off because the purple you get in Discord falls off if it falls off. So as well, your... (laughs) <laughs> basically it'll be, it'll be like a, b- a bouncer that kicks you out <laughs> of the, the twitch chat every time yours falls off so the twitch if you don't see the twitch chat yeah then you'll know whatever yeah,
2: very cool. anyways
1: foot, foosball we need to talk some foosball so we're here alright so talking about free agency
2: you no, no, gotta no. mention First, that this was going on at the beginning the hell... oh why don't you wear blue during Lions games? Like, are you you're that superstitious? Is it because it's the color blue, or is it because it is the team's color? Like, is there any shade of blue? The,
1: any shade of blue. I don't wear it on Lions end game day.
2: Huh. Any time during that day. So it's not like just during the game. It's any, at any point during the game.
1: No, it's during the
2: game. Okay, gotcha.
1: I mean, I don't litter I don't go change after the game and put my blue back on. I just don't wake up and don't put blue on.
2: I gotcha. Okay, that's kind of interesting. So. I suppose. Sure.
1: Things happen. People have weird thoughts. It's it's foot. It's sports. I've been that way forever.
2: I, I'll be honest. I'm not superstitious, but the first Packers game I ever went to was in Kansas City in 2011. We went 15 and one that season. Guess what game we lost. The first Packers game I ever went to was the game we lost, and it was the only loss during that regular season. And I wore my Aaron Rodgers jersey and my cheese hat, and I am still to this day a little superstitious. I always worry, whenever I put the cheese hat on, I'm always like, is this going to cause him to lose? And then I slap myself. I'm like, no, it's not. Yep. You're not superstitious. You are not super. Su-. And then you know, I always have like this really mixed emotional thing, and I, I don't know. It's it's confusing. I
1: would like for you to wear it as often as possible next year. Just saying.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't think it makes a difference. Even I don't know. I don't know. I'm emotionally confused on that topic. Uh, <laughs> so, what's your Lions in free agency?
1: Something that I've been wanting from the Lions for like three years, but they keep dry, they keep they keep drafting tight ends and weird crap that I don't want. So last year I was really stoked because we we drafted Jared Gerard Davis in the first round, a linebacker, middle linebacker. Yep. Awesome. Did really good this year. But to add on to that, we don't have to have Tahir Whitehead anymore. We don't have to have Josh Bynes or just these random linebackers that no one knows about. Because they signed Chandler Jones from the Bears, a guy who had over 100 tackles last year, really good linebacker. And they signed Kennard, another really good linebacker. So now we have another inside linebacker and another a new outside linebacker to run the base 3-4 that Matt Patricia's going to be doing next year. And uh, so that linebacking core is going to be awesome. I'm excited for those two. They signed on the same day, so it was like, perfect. I'm like all right, linebackers are good. What's next? Yeah. The uh, and also, today I found out that they signed Legarett Blunt, someone that I really wanted them to get because the last thing all they ever have are tiny little running backs that have to run around big dudes to try to get any yards at all. And having Legarett Blunt, a guy who will just put his shoulders down and run through anyone. Is going to be awesome. He, he does, especially since considering third down and one last year for the Lions was like the worst down in football. I would rather have third and six because I knew they were going to pass it <laughs> than third and ones because they constantly got stuffed on thirds and third and one. Yeah. So having a, a halfback, I believe, can push through on third and one yeah. will be awesome.
2: Well, and a uh, Amir Abdullahs, you know. Like a small dude, and he was kind of their main guy. And uh, Oh, th- kind of off topic. Uh, every time I think of Amir Abdullah, I think of this trolley video that I made at the beginning of the season. And the a guy in my fantasy football league, he had Amir Abdullah, and he was all high on him. And I kind of made this parody video thing and i was talking about how all i've seen him do is run around in the backfield and get tackled by cardinals and it kind of like has grown into a big <laughs> joke it's i'll i'll have to send you the uh the video i made it was it was actually quite funny it was a scene from wedding crashers that i did like a voiceover <laughs> on it was nice it, it was quite funny but uh yeah <laughs> i mean they definitely need someone like like garrett blunt who can you know trip into some people and knock them down cuz kind of not I mean, he's, mm, he's he. I don't think I don't think he's that good for running back, but he does what he does pretty well. I guess you know it's. I don't know. Well, yeah. let's just put it
1: this way: I need a. I want a guy that can get third and one yardage, and on top of he that, I still expect them to draft a halfback in the second round. So.
2: Yeah, and, and yeah, they certainly give me
1: Gu- G- Gucci Gucci Guise. How are you say his name? Give me him, Michelle. Chubb, any of those guys in the second round, I'll be happy.
2: Yeah. That. So, what about
1: uh, what about Packers free agents?
2: Oh man, it's been so it was like a roller coaster of emotion from hell. So there were rumors that the Packers they were super interested in signing one of three guys. Jimmy Graham, Sammy Watkins, or my boy Allen Robinson. I was like, yes, come on, <laughs> sign Alan Robinson. And they ended up not nope. signing Alan Robinson, signed with the friggin' Bears. Which is S-
1: smooth move, man. It's whatever. I don't
2: I don't understand that. Yeah, me either. But uh, you know, that's that's beside the point. Uh so yeah. He, he got signed, and then Sammy Watkins got signed in Kansas City. So they have, you know, like a ton of passing targets. So yay, that's great for everyone's fantasy value there. And then the only guy left was Jimmy Graham. Who the Packers ended up Jimmy signing. Graham. Like, is that, that – there's – the only better end zone threat in the NFL probably is Gronk. I mean, Jimmy Graham is an awesome player – I don't know how he's going to be after his patellar tendon injury. Um, he was fine last year, but you could tell he had lost. He had lost at least a step. He was just kind of. He's. It,
1: it, he pretty much lost everything every year in Seattle. It, it, that made him who he was.
2: It it kind of seemed like it. Yeah, I mean. But the one thing he still did, I mean, he can box people out and he can get the ball. That's one thing that he does. And I am kind of excited to see Aaron Rodgers with a guy like that because he's never really had one of those freak athlete guys to throw to. So I am super excited about that. So I got so excited about seeing that. And then it was like 10 minutes later, they announced that they were releasing Jordy. And I was just like broke down (laughs) in tears and just it oh. I I hated I hated that. They basically offered him a lowball offer and you know he declined, which can't blame him. And so now he's gonna be a Raider. No more no more Jordy Nelson, which sucks because I just traded for him in our Dynasty League this year in which <laughs> which sucks, but
1: Yeah, the uh sounds a lot like someone I wish didn't leave the Cardinals. But they lowballed him. He decided he didn't want to take it uh, and John Brown The Honey Badger. Oh, yeah. The Honey Badger is out of Arizona.
2: Ah, uh, that's right. Yep. Yep, they so. they've lost quite a bit of guys, it seems like. There's uh, gonna be a lot of change over there.
1: Uh <laughs> well, Carson Palmer, gone. Yep. Didn't even have a QB on their roster till this week. Um
2: They've let yeah. a lot of guys go A lot of guys they didn't re-sign uh, Very interesting I, I still don't think the Honey Badger has signed anywhere But you know Let's be honest he don't care uh, <laughs> The other signing <laughs> That I am super excited about For the Packers Was Muhammad Wilkerson Like that dude is a damn monster Put him on the line With Mike Daniels uh, I am I am pretty excited To see what that defensive line can do now that's going to be really great. Um, so yeah, that's pr- pretty interesting. Pretty interesting free agencies so far. I am. I, I'm quite curious to see what happens. Uh, the Packers retain Cobb, so that's good. Uh, still, I just, uh, I, I wish they wouldn't have re-signed Devontae Adams, and I wish they would have went and signed Allen Robinson. <laughs> it is what it is. Things happen. I know.
1: Yep. Well, how about uh some colognes? <sighs> <laughs>
2: It's time for the sexy bearded duo to battle in their swoga knowledge in the most exciting trivia event in the Outer Rim. It's time for the Shattered Order Trivia.
1: May the force be with you. All right. Here we talk. So last week, I got more points than Wink for the week. So I got to pick a... I got to pick a category. Yay. I figured, why not pick the one that you would like the least out of all the... What an idea. ...went with clones. <laughs> now, I'm not going to profess that I'm going to beat you this week, but I do feel pretty good about it.
2: Uh-huh. We'll, we'll see.
1: So, like I said, I'm not saying I'm going to beat you. I'm just saying this is a pretty good uh, category.
2: So this week, I jumped on the Amazon, and I ordered some new dry erase markers. Check this out. Like, there's color, and it's legible and everything. It is very exciting. So, uh, yeah.
1: I'm writing on a on a index card, because that's all I had near me. And my dry erase pen marker's been dead for weeks. Ah. <laughs> I need to buy one next, next time I'm at the store. Dry erase marker. Write it down. Just
2: jump on Amazon. I got like a 12 pack for like 10 bucks. All sorts of different colors. I use a different color every week.
1: Nice. Yeah, I should probably get one of that. Yeah. Maybe after the podcast. There all
2: right. Go. Uh-oh. Waiting on you. Oh, question one. <laughs> there we go. I thought All I right. had lost you. Like the screen, my internet's really not doing well tonight. So
1: I was, I was literally not moving, just making no sound, oh, waiting well, for that, question that one. That makes
2: sense. Okay,
1: my bad.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, here we go. Question one. All right. Two plus points. Shout out to my man Jern. All right, here we go. Two of the five clones we have in game trained together as part of the Domino Squad. Who are they? One point each. If correct, you will get one point for each additional member of the Domino Squad that you name.
2: Domino, this isn't swagga related. <laughs>
1: It's clone related? That's the topic. This
2: is Swaga trivia. Repeat the question.
1: <laughs> Two of the five clones we have in game trained together as part of Domino Squad. Who are they? One point each. I I, I understand your th- thought there. I agree, but they are characters in Swaga, so. If you can name the two, then we'll just go with those. I got my answers. I doubt
2: you'll be able to name any others one, so. I only have to name two, right? We're just naming the two.
1: Two in game.
2: The two in game, okay. All right. Showing my answers. All right, what do you got? I am showing fives and Cody.
1: Okay, my answers are fives and Echo. Oh. And for extra credit, I put Heavy as another Domino Squad member. Whatever. I don't feel like taking a point for knowing Heavy if you haven't even seen the show.
2: I have not seen the show.
1: So, they are Echo and fives. If correct, one more point for each. Heavy, droid bait, and cut up. Echoing five as it is.
2: And that's one point for each correct answer, right? Yep. Alright, so that makes it 13 to 10. It was 12 to 8. I don't know. Well, it was... (laughs) I don't have the... Well, I know it was 12 to 8, so...
1: Okay, good. You usually keep the point thing on there. I used to keep it on the board, but I don't have the board anymore. Yep. And the paper I throw out. So, fair enough. You got the points. 13 to 10. That makes sense cuz I know I was at 4 last week. So. Gotcha. All right. All right. Question 2. Question 2. Name all clones with AoE attacks. 1 per correct, minus 1 per incorrect.
2: Repeat that one more time. My internet was being an ass.
1: name all the clones with AOE attacks, plus one per correct, minus one per incorrect All right, I got
2: my answer. Um, Yeah, give me a you second. You look like you're hard at work over there. Oh, I am.
1: Remember, wrong answers get a minus one.
2: Ah, shit. Alright, I'm going with two answers. Echo and Clone Sergeant.
1: Alright, Echo and Clone Sergeant are correct. But Cody also has one. I
2: kind of thought he did, but I wasn't sure.
1: Yeah, his first special is a AoE, and his second special is the one that calls all the clones. No. Echo, Cody, Sarge. So there it is. Alright. So gain another point.
2: It is now 15 to 13 as we go into.
1: Question three. Question three, here we go. Which of these is likely to produce the worst results as a fifth member of a Cody 5's Echo Sarge Phase 4 Heroic AAT raid team? Princess Leia, Scarf Rebel Pathfinder, R2 D2, or Rex? Which
2: is likely to what?
1: Which of these is likely to produce the worst results as a fifth member of a Cody 5's Echo Sarge Phase 4 Heroic AAT team? Rex, Leia, Scarf Rebel Pathfinder, R2 D2.
2: Okay. Got my answer? I don't even know if I... Hmm. I feel like this one's actually pretty easy.
1: (sighs) Me too. Although, I'm conflicted between two answers. Interesting. I'll put the one that I think that you put.
2: Ah. What'd you get? I put... Mr. Rex...
1: I also put Rex. I was trying to figure out if I thought R2-D2 was worse off because he doesn't do much damage.
2: But he adds but, a ton of damage to everyone else.
1: Right. And he does the... He can add the buffs to everyone to keep the airstrike from killing everyone. Yep. Which Rex can do as well.
2: But that's all he and does. And he does
1: a decent amount of damage. Well, his second special does good damage, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. The answer is Oh man, I knew it I should have should've done it. What? R2G2 was the answer that was selected for this.
2: Interesting. Ugh. I knew it. Interesting. I just freaking knew it. Mm. Not sure I agree with that, but okay.
1: Yeah. Tell us more, Mr. Clonus.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright. Question four. Question four. Here we go. With a full clone squad under a Zeta Cody lead, on Cody mass attack, what is the maximum amount of turn meter that can be gained across the whole team added up? Whoever's closer will get two points. An exact answer will be worth five points.
2: Thanks, Tash. You're killing me.
1: <laughs> Alright, I have my answer.
2: <sighs> Repeat the question one more time.
1: With a full clone squad under Zeta Cody lead, on a Cody mass attack, what is the maximum amount of turn meter that can be gained across the whole team added up? Whoever is closer gets two points. Exact, exact answer worth five.
2: Added up. So is that like each individual clone gains, say, say if a clone gains 1% turn meter, then you would add it up and get 5% across the board? Yeah, that's
1: what it sounds like.
2: okay. That's gonna alter my answer a lot, then. I will, uh... Yeah, never mind. What? Is that how you answered it? Yeah. Well, not really. Huh... I'm thinking here. Um.
1: Greater than or less than one hundred. What are you thinking?
2: Over. Based on the way the question is worded, I'm assuming that, say, if they each gain 20% turn meter, then the answer would be 100. That's what I'm assuming, so... um, Mm -hmm. I'm worried about
1: this one. You ready? I got an uh, answer.
2: I am not ready. Give me one more second. Uh... Yeah, God, I hate this answer. Alright, I got an answer. What do you got? 200%. Okay.
1: I put 85%.
2: 65 was the other answer I put, Was but mm-hmm. I was taking a total guess. But
1: I don't remember ever any of my characters getting enough turn meter to go again after he shoots. Yeah
2: well that's like 100% wise yeah and I I was thinking
1: definitely not Cody yeah so I don't know I figured if you get if it's whoever is closer this is a decent enough answer so
2: oh yeah I forgot about that part alright
1: here we go well you are closer it's 150% interesting so whew Needed that. You were 50 away. I was 65 away. Uh,
2: that was two points.
1: Yep. Woo! <laughs> nice. All that work from the beginning of this trivia wiped out.
2: Yep. As we go into... Gotta love Question that. Question number five.
1: Unless I want to fight for my heavy point.
2: Ah, oh, that's a good... Yeah. <laughs> sure. Alright. We'll discuss it. Whatever. Alright. Alright.
1: Three of the clones are available only in two stores and have no hard nodes. Which clones are these and which stores are they in? This is rough, man. (laughs) Took a lot of thought in this. Um, This is up to two points, this is.
2: And the question was, what two clones have to be basically bought from a store and they do not have a hard node?
1: Yes, it's three though, not two. So there's three of them in two stores. What are the three and what are the two stores?
2: Oh, missed part. Yep. All right, I think I feel good about my answer but I don't know
1: I only got two so I'm having a hard time here trying to damn I don't know who my third is oh
2: uh oh that ain't good.
1: No, that's wrong.
2: Alright, show me what you got. Alrighty, I'll show you what you got, what I really, really got. I got Cody and Echo from the guild store, and I got Rex from the cantina.
1: Hmm.
2: Rex from Cantina? Yeah, isn't that where you buy him? Cantina store? No, guild store. Rex? Rex. Really?
1: Fives comes from the Cantina store. Son
2: of a bitch. God damn it. I hate clones. Go ahead (laughs) and read the damn answers.
1: I have Rex from Fleet and Guild. I have Fives from Cantina and Fleet. And I have Echo from Guild and somewhere else. Cody, Echo, Rex. What?
2: Okay. I got those three.
1: <laughs> Why would Cody be in fleet shipments?
2: Cody's in fleet shipments?
1: He does He doesn't fly a ship.
2: Not everyone who's in there has a ship.
1: In fleet shipments?
2: Yeah. General Grievous is in there. Mm. Uh...
1: Oh, you're right. Cody is in there.
2: I don't know if he's in there or not, but so okay. So how how are the points broken down on this?
1: One point for all each of the three characters.
2: Okay, and then
1: so it's it's one point each up to five total. I got Rex fives Echo, so I got Rex and Echo, so that's two points. Okay. Only in fleet and guild shipments.
2: I had.
1: I don't even. I no points on that. I don't even know how you score this.
2: Okay, so I had, I had Cody and Echo, and I put them as being in the guild shipments. And then I had Rex as cantina. I wouldn't get a point for cantina, but I think I would get four points here.
1: Oh, well, that's the case. Then I get, but I'm um... One, two, three. So five. <laughs> if that's the way it works, then I would have got
2: five. Well,
1: because I have Rex and Fleet and Guild, so there's Fleet and Guild, there's a point each for those. I have Echo and Guild, so there's Guild, there's another, that's three. And I also have Rex and Echo, that's four five.
2: You had <laughs> you had Cody, Rex, and Echo.
1: Nope. I had Rex and Echo, so there's two points there. But I had Rex was in the fleet in the guild, which is one point for each of those. And then I have Echo in the guild store, which is one. So that would equal five. But I don't think that's how this is scored, which is yeah. why I don't think you and I have scored this correctly.
2: Okay. <laughs> but it said one point for each of the characters. So we know we each get plus three for the characters. Or you get plus two for the characters. I get plus three for the characters. And then we'll have to figure out about the guild. Mm-hmm. Yes sir. All right, Tash, you'll have to line us out on this one.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I it's going to be uh, end up bad for me. Oh well.
2: And then we have your questionable the non swoga question.
1: <laughs> All righty.
2: Well, was there another thing about getting to decide uh, topic? At the end of this,
1: oh, there's something. Hold on, it says next week. Listener questions. Happy gaming.
2: Ooh, exciting! Uh, hey, hey,
1: that, I'm in. That should be Let's
2: fun. Do it. All right. Cool.
1: Okay. Well, I am all Yeah, I have got to go for reasons.
2: Yeah, uh, me as well, because it is time for me to go to bed. Happy St. Paddy's Day, everyone.
1: Yeah, guys, enjoy your St. Paddy's Day. Drink lots of green Uh, beer. Enjoy the podcast when it comes out. Drink that green beer, and we will catch you next week for episode 90. What?
2: 90? So old. 90.
1: I know. All right, guys, we'll catch you later. Later.